come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. You're listening to Alexandra and Friends 660 The Answer. Thank you so much for participating in our show, in our radio show every Saturday night. Please like our Facebook and go in and, and give us some feedback. We'd like to have feedback so we can be better at what we do. And we have a lot of fun, so we want you to have fun with us. Tonight we have uh, V and Courtney as our co-host, and we have an amazing guest. We're going to talk a little bit about why you should do an inspection on your home when you're buying it or when you get ready to list your property. It's very important. So we have a guest by the name of Mr. Meat Spicer. I always call him Mr. Meat Spicer because uh, he is a gentleman and a and a former Marine, and I always think he looks so elegant. I want so. Courtney, I, I, <laughs> we knew it. We she knew it every time. That was coming. Good evening, and thank you for being a part of our show. We're really excited that you're here. I have tons of questions for you on the home inspection side, but we do want to get to know you better. So, thank you for being here tonight. Good evening. Thank you. So, talk to us a little bit about yourself. You can start from the beginning, where you're from, your journey, and how you end up being a home inspector. I'd like to say first, I got into home inspecting because I was a commercial diver. And following my lifelong dream, and it turned out to not be exactly what I thought. And spending too much time away from home, I had two kids. Um, I was lucky enough to be the stay-at-home dad for a few years. Had to get back into diving. And then just really wanted to make a change. So I got into home inspecting and love it. I think it's a very important field and... I had a home inspection done for myself and it didn't really give me a lot of information about what I was buying. So, and there were some things missed, which is pretty normal, but a lot of things I would have liked to have known about at least. Sure. So that's helped me do what I do. I I look for these things and I try to get a lot of information to the buyer, but I started out in the Marines right out of high school. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And I was lucky enough to go into a, a all voluntary unit and be very good at that. Went to a Navy dive school, was a diver in the Marines and, and just kind of let my time run out there. I didn't really like the bureaucracy of it all. How many years did you spend in with just the Marines? Just four years. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but had a great time. I, I loved it. I just uh, needed a change. So I got out, wanted to be a commercial diver. What is a commercial diver? What do you do? So the difference between a a scuba diver and a commercial diver is scuba diving is you're self-contained. You've got your your air with you. Commercial diving is you're wearing a hat that the air is supplied from the surface. So you've got an umbilical. Like men of honor type stuff with the movie. Okay, where it like locks in. Okay, Yeah, you're mated to the hat and the hat separates you from the water. What do you, on the civilian side, what does a commercial diver look for or do? 
mainly what I was doing was anything in lakes and dams and power plants, uh, did some offshore work on the oil rigs. It's mostly looking at things, inspecting to some degree, welds, cleaning mud, uh, cleaning objects, things, anything underwater. You're not like looking for people or anything no. like that? Okay. Although mm. there was some of that. How about you found anything like you were doing the diving and you're like, whoa, it felt like gold or... I, I found your what? A gold? Gold. A gold. gold. Oh, gold. gold. <laughs> Why can we What's not understand? Well, you are... <laughs> Is that when you cannot I am listen Deb. to the I am, yes. You are okay. that. I'm going to give you one of those. Okay, have candles. you found any gold? Gold. Well, it's a big misconception. It's not like the Discovery Channel. It's not <laughs> no. crystal clear. It's not just up out there floating in the breeze. Do you see the guys on Facebook that go through the rivers and they find all the watches and phones and they post them on Facebook for people to try to recover it and then they sell it off if they don't hear from them? No, I'm, I, I knew a guy that worked with us uh at a commercial dive company, he went up to the Great Lakes to do log harvesting oh. in the Great Lakes. And they pull up these ancient logs and use them for building materials because they're already waterlogged, they're pres preserved, and they can do many things with these logs. And they're basically tree-sized pieces of wood. So there's a lot of money in that. Um, not real sure how successful he was, but... <laughs> <laughs> no treasure in my career. Oh, Mr. Meat, how how much does that hat or whatever the the thing you wear over your head? How much does it weigh? The hat alone weighs twenty three pounds. Twenty three pounds. But once you get air in it and underwater, it becomes neutrally buoyant. Wow! Uh, and then you've got all the attachments, the lights, the cameras, and the suit you're wearing, the weight belt, and all that. It, it's up on land. It's pretty heavy. Did you ever have a panic moment? My only panic moment, because since you're constantly supplied with air on the commercial side, it's rare that something happens. Now, you can have a bonehead on the surface that lets the compressor run out of air and mm. out of gas. And <laughs> I've had to hold my breath a little bit on that. But my big panic moment was I was doing scuba. That was where I was self-contained by myself under a cruise ship and those things are a thousand feet long and perfectly flat on the bottom a hundred feet across at a minimum and you get under there and you can't see and you're just following a little bead of metal weld you can get lost and i did run out of air under there oh my gosh oh my goodness the What bad happened? side is if you surface on the dock side you can't get up because there's what's called camels in between the ship and the here that are on the surface so you have to pick the right side to surface on so, wow so what did you so, pick the right side i picked the right well side. he's okay. here he's alive so Duh. he's here <laughs> and i'm the one off today when you're when you're panicking you can tend to hold your breath a little longer yeah yeah And there is no way for people who are on the boat to know that you are running out There's of air. There's no communication. There's no communication. So don't you always have a pair or, or that go down together or somebody that's always waiting for you on the other side that sort of, I mean, I don't, I, I, I can't even drink a glass of water because I'm sinking. Okay. I mean, I don't do water, but I've seen through the station, television station thing. You always have a partner. 
when you're diving. Is that correct? In the military, we did, but we were usually diving in in groups of four or five. So we were we were paired up at a minimum. On the commercial side, no, you're down there by yourself. By yourself. Yeah, and uh, and on the flip side, on the on the commercial companies, you're doing smaller jobs on scuba, and there will be two divers, but they're going in opposite directions. So you're by yourself. Wow, now I know why you decided to become an inspector, because that's what you do. You inspect in, under the water, so this is much easier. <laughs> it was an easy trans- transfer. Well, tell us a little bit about what you did. When did you decide to become an actual real estate inspector? And how do you uh, tell us a little bit all about the real estate world? Because we have a lot of questions. I've got tons of questions. Home inspecting, I got into it, like I said, because I had home inspections done for myself and I had a good idea of what was involved. And I had a very good home inspection my first time out. The home inspector said, I want you to be there with me. And uh, you're more than welcome to get on the attic and the roof. And I did just that. I was his shadow, and I wanted to know about the house I was buying, and I really liked that. So I had that in the back of my mind when I was struggling with the diving side and away from home all the time, not making much money, because the company pretty much makes the money. The diver is just the monkey on the end of the rope. (laughs) Did you hear that? Monkey. That's us. Um and got lucky enough to get into home inspecting and have had that mentality ever since. I welcome the buyers. I want them to know about the house they're buying, even if it's a perfect house. Um, there's always something you can know about your the property you're buying. And, you know, with this crazy real estate market that we have right now, I was talking to a client yesterday. He's buying a house. And he told me that he put an offer, $35,000 over the price, but someone put $100,000 over the asking price and no no option, cash and no inspection. And it's a 28-year-old house. And I was like, holy cow. That's crazy. Crazy. But people are doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mr. Bean, tell us, what is the name of your company? And uh, tell us all about what we do. I've I really enjoy very much. You're one of the best inspectors that I have done dealt with. What is the what do you have to do to become a home inspector? And take us through the whole track. You just asked him about four questions at once. Yeah, What's yeah, the name and of your we company? Have three minutes. So let's start. My What's company slow? name is Core Inspections. C O R E. I I got that just um, because I'm giving you the core information about the house. I'm not trying to scare you away. I'm not trying to glorify anything. It's, it is what it is. It's a basic core of knowledge of, about the house you're buying. Um, what was the next question? What was the next question? The next question was, what, how did, what do you have to go through school, class? Yeah, your license. Your license. Yeah, so there's a few ways in Texas. Texas has a pretty good stringent way of becoming a home inspector, which I think is proper. A lot of states, you can wake up one morning and say you're a home inspector. I don't think that's, that's proper. You can, like myself, take the course material and do home inspections on the side with another company. You're getting the, the coursework and the on-the-job training. Or you can be in the trades for a minimum of five years, HVAC, electrician, plumber, and try to sit for the state exam. 
or you can take a class of just home inspecting and that's a full-time thing and then sit for the exam. All three ways you have to take the state exam. And I did the course material on the side with OJT. How long is the course? It's around two months. Okay. It's, you go to class, you go to ride along home inspections and they, they, you're just in class all day about home inspecting Hmm. and they basically teach you to the exam, but then you're thrown out into the world of home inspecting with no experience and, and nobody to help you out. Right. A lot of liability. Well, that's why you said that you shadow someone more uh, experienced than you and then you could. Yes. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Did you work for anybody when you got out of the, when you took your class? Did you go to work for a big company to kind of get the experience? I did, and I think uh, I was lucky enough to get on with a a person that that hired me. I was able to work with him for eight years, and I loved it. Uh, we had a lot of volume, gained a lot of knowledge, and then finally went out on my own and was had the the base of realtors that knew me to start using me and trusting me, and have worked up to over 7,000 inspections. So we're going to go uh, in a few minutes. We're, we're going to oh. <laughs> be throwing things all I over the studio. Drop everything here, guys. But I'm alive. <laughs> I'm good. I'm fine. Well, you're listening to Alexander and Friends. Please like our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. Check out our website, alexanderandfriends.com. All of our podcasts are loaded there for your listening experience. Our evening today has been a happy, happy mood. It looks like we're the happiest we're just so happy. Uh, v is having a wonderful time on teaching us words that are different that we never heard of. And, okay. And and Courtney looks like she is maybe uh, not having enough coffee today. Well, and 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 our our guest, Mr. Spicer, Meat Spicer, is the kind of like he doesn't know what is going on. He's a marine and he's about to go. <laughs> and of course, our producer is just with his arms folded, going. What did I get into? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're having fun. We are. Thank well, you so much for enjoying our show. I'm just going to say in my defense, uh-huh. okay, if you want to sponsor my new dictionary, just call Alexandra and we can make this happening. Because like me, a lot of Latinos have new different words. And I want you guys to talk about some Brazilian words, Courtney. You can start saying Itacoaquecetuba. I can never say that. See? She can say Benavides. Benavides or <laughs> Perez. Right. Is this just hate on Courtney night? Yes. Or what? No, no. You guys start with me. You made fun of me because I can't say Perez. See, this is this is I why we call it roller coaster. This roller is why, this, coaster. ladies and gentlemen, this is why our show is called Alexander and Friends because we are friends uh-huh. of life and we just make sure that you understand that we are one family. So we're going to bring back our Mr. Spicer to come and tell us a little bit why it's so essential to have well, let me, I guess I want to ask, are you, are, have you, okay, so I'm in insurance, right? And I am often amazed at how uh, little homeowners know about their home. And I think a lot of us discovered this at the, in February when the winter storm happened, nobody knew how to shut their water off. Nobody knew that you needed a key. Nobody knew if you had a PEX manifold that that was 
just one little switch. People don't understand homeowner maintenance, which can prevent a lot of claims from what I see. And they also don't understand the importance of getting to know their home and and how it operates, cleaning out your AC lines like those things back up and those can cause significant damage. So you had mentioned that you invite the buyer to walk uh, with you through the inspection. Are those some of the things that you go over with them? Like, hey, this is your AC unit. This is something you need to look for. Hey, this is where your water meter is. I mean, are those some things that you kind of get into? Yes. Let's say, for example, there was a perfect house. According to the Trek report, the report that all home inspectors have to use in Texas, there would be zero information about that house. In 18 years, I've done three that were perfect according to the Trek standards. I through doing this and being a consumer myself of homes and having home inspections have found that there's not a lot of information about the house. So I go through where water shutoffs are, secondary shutoffs, gas shutoffs, what kind of materials are used. Um, Insurance, for example, is going to want to know what kind of wiring, plumbing drains, uh, roof materials. It's all in the report. In fact, in my report, it'll tell you if you have a three or a four pronged plug for your dryer. Or a gas hookup for a cooktop. Or a and gas that's hookup. important because sometimes people just be like, oh, I need a dryer and I'm just going to buy something and then they get it to install and uh-oh, it's and, not going to work. And as soon as you walk away from that home inspection, that's when the questions right. show up. So it's in my report. Um, so there's a lot of good information specific to the house. Even if it was a perfect house, you're still paying for information. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. So you're getting good information. The problem is people think that the home inspection is a part of the mortgage process, which it's really not. It's all information. It's not required. So they don't read the reports. They just throw it in a file and away they go. They don't, they don't look at the information I provide specific to that house. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say a word and they're going to start shaming on me here, but let's go. What was the most bizarre that award, right? Mm-hmm. Situation that you found. I was doing a double wide manufactured house. And, and what's that? that Remember, we a, don't know anything about houses. The either. common term is trailer house. Okay. So they're fine products. They're built in a factory, towed onto site, put together. But the outside along the ground is called a skirt because mm-hmm. they do sit on piers. There is a crawl space under those. And instead of a brick facade, it'll be plastic or whatnot, which is perfectly fine. You want siding siding Mm -hmm. to get into the crawl space. Well, I have to go under there and check the plumbing and the structure and whatnot. So I got into one and it was occupied and there was a dog in the backyard. At the time I was, I had an apprentice inspector with me. So he was in the kitchen starting on the report. And as soon as I pulled that siding out to get in the crawl space, the dog shot into the crawl space because he was curious, new territory. And it was starting to get dark. So I go under there and the dog's sniffing around and I figured, well, the dog will come out with me. And sure enough, when I was in there, you can't really see too far under these things because it has insulation that's hanging down. Excuse me. You can only see where you really are. So I heard the dog just not even bark and yell. He more like screamed and came tearing past me out of the crawl space. I, I didn't 
see what was what it got him or whatever. Oh no. So <laughs> I proceed a little further and I noticed it was wet, so I couldn't get too much further. So I backed myself out, put the siding back and make my way back into the, the kitchen area. From the outside it was a patio door right there at the kitchen. As soon as I walk in, it looked like a murder scene. There was blood on the walls, on the floor, on the couch, on the kitchen island. There was blood everywhere. This poor dog had cut his ear or oh, had been no. bitten and was just bleeding. <laughs> the dog was fine, but there was something in that crawl space. A monster. And I had to leave a note Ooh. for the seller. I tried to explain what had happened, and I never heard back from him. Wow. Well, I'm going to speak as a realtor tonight. Uh, when I when I write a contract and offer, I always encourage the owner or the buyer to to uh, get a home inspection. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to do that, especially if you have somebody that thinks that they know everything. Oh no, we understand. Or if we it know. looks fine on the outside, you yes. put lipstick on a pig, and you're like, oh yeah, they must have taken care of everything behind right. the walls, right? I see right. It a lot. Mm-hmm. And and the and the sad part about it is they think they know, and then they're calling you. Well, the inspector didn't tell us about this, isn't that? Because you didn't have an inspection. But what I do is I, I make an offer for my clients, and then I also go ahead and put an option out time, maybe five to seven days, so that they have the time to inspect the property. Mm-hmm. I give the client three or four or five names of different inspectors so they can call and check with them and get, because that's another thing we're going to talk about, every inspector charges different. Mm-hmm. They charge by the square footage. They charge by how many bedrooms. So you want to give the, the buyer the opportunity to interview mm-hmm. the, the, um, the um, inspector. Also, uh, sometimes the language barrier. Uh, we have a lot of Spanish speakers or different. So this, you always want to encourage this, the buyer to get an inspection. Most of the time, people don't realize, even on new homes, you should get an oh, inspection. Oh, for sure. So that's very important. So I have to say that Mr. S- Mr. Spicer is one of the very best. That I know, and he is so eloquent. One of the bit, most important things he likes just he gets up into the attic and he invites the clients mm-hmm. come on upstairs. So uh, in the process, I really think that you are very uh, as a realtor. I really appreciate how you treat your clients. Thank you. They really are. Uh, they understand everything. And so. I'm going to be the devil's advocate here for a while. When you, especially when you have uh, foreigns like me, our houses are. Why? Foreigns. Foreigns. Foreigners. 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 Your construction is totally different. It's totally different. We have brick. We have concrete. We have like the houses are 300 year old and they still good. I mean, so for us, it's so different. Um, When my mom first came to United States, we went to a neighborhood close to mine and they are building those houses. And she was like, oh, my God, these houses are like the. Three pigs. Do you remember the <laughs> the, the the kids' book, the three pigs? Mm-hmm. That Little one of them hood. straw brick and yes. What so was, was like popsicle. Uh, yeah. What is that? Because it's so different. It's faster. Okay, mm-hmm. I believe that's cheaper than brick and everything. But I mean, like seriously, when I first moved here, uh, we rented an apartment uh, because we had no idea how long we were going to stay and all of that. And it was so funny because the management company from the for this complex of apartments, they knew Brazilians. They had a lot of people from the from the same company as my husband living there. And he said, "Okay, 
I need you to sign the extra paper. This is done just for the Brazilian community. It's like, and what is that? Here is saying that if you if you literally wash your um, bathroom the way that you wash in Brazil, you are going to collapse the building. Because <laughs> what we do, we just throw water and we just clean like that. And she was like, you are not supposed to throw water in your bathroom. We don't have a... What's the drain. Oh, a you drain mean like in, in the, the actual middle. bathroom? Yes, yeah, we just floor. throw yeah, okay. water and we just scrub. And, and she was like, we had problem with three families in the past three months and that cost a lot we've had a lot of claims with insurance so from now on if you are a brazilian and you live here you need to sign this interesting yeah because it's different we we have drains so Mm -hmm. we wash and we scrub and we do we sometimes and that's crazy i know that's the limit but like we will get the 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 water yeah and we will just just spray it down in the house and let's wash so, Mr. Spicer, let's talk about drainage. Uh, so, how? Uh, so, when you're doing the, your um, inspection, you you start. In a, you have a process. So, you start up at the attic, the roof. So, give let's walk through a house right now, and that. So, you tell us about what is it that you're looking for? Yeah, <clears throat> and you brought up a good point here. The major concern, aside from foundations, is water water penetration into the house, and you're right. The home construction here, everybody thinks that when you're from here, we've got good construction standards. We have minimums that we build to. And yeah, it's a lot different from the rest of the world. A lot of concrete, a lot of solid brick. But you're right. It's it's fast. It's inexpensive. And, and it used to be 16 inches from stud to stud on the framing was the standard. Today, it's 24 inches, so it is getting cheaper to build a house, and it's probably not as secure. That's a big concern, but water penetration is a big issue. Sewer drains are a big issue because of the soil movement. Like, for example, I'm living in a house now for two and a half, almost three years. If I want to hire an inspector, just, hey, come and check everything okay. Is that something that can be done? It can be since the home inspection is not required in the sale of a, of a house. And, and a home inspector would be a good person to start with because we're going to check everything. We're not really supposed to check just one component of a house, for example, the drains or the roof. So for a few hundred dollars, you're getting a full home inspection. You should be with a home inspector. I think we need to bring Mr. Mead back for the next segment. Go ahead and tell us again your business name and where somebody could reach you. It's Core Inspections. My number is 214-636-2457. I'm at coreinspections.com. And if you live in the greater DFW area, I will go there. Very good. Were you listening to Alexander and Friends? Please like our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. Shoot us an email, alexanderandfriends660 at gmail.com. And please check out our awesome new fancy website with all of our podcasts from our previous episodes nicely detailed on our website at alexanderandfriends.com. If you are looking to uh, try and find out if you can do business with us, please, we require, we did some sponsors on, and some advertisement. We are here ready for you. And uh, we'd like to talk to you about sponsoring our show, Alexander and Friends 660, The Answer. Courtney and V, if you don't know anybody that's winner in your business industry, have them come and join our show. For sure. So we're back with Mr. Meat Spicer. Yes, so many more questions. So many questions. I've got, so go ahead. So we were talking in the break about 
especially older homes that are built with maybe galvanized steel piping or cast iron piping. And I think a lot of times we just think, okay, it's got a plumbing system. It's fine, right? Well, there's a lot of, especially on my side with the insurance carriers that they will not write if they have what we call ineligible plumbing systems. And a lot of those include those homes that are built before 1980. Um, at this point, I think a lot of the homes have been updated. There's already been issues with the piping and they've been converted to PVC or what have you. But I think when somebody buys a new home, especially in that age group, it's always very important that they have their homeowner policy endorsed with what we call water foundation coverage. And that covers slab leaks. So issues below the slab and a slab can never really leak, but the piping underneath can open and cause some seepage that could come up through the foundation maybe pop those wood floors or cause some water damage. And unless that's specifically endorsed on your policy, it's not covered. Along with the issues that happen behind the walls, if it's not a pipe that bursts and it's not discovered within the first couple of weeks, if it's been a slow leak and you didn't notice it, those are not covered either. That's something that you have to pay extra for. And I mean extra as in maybe a hundred bucks a year. Um, I went through a similar issue. I've got a 1981 home and we had some separation in our wood floors. Come to find out we had a, quote slab leak and it was a thirty thousand dollar claim and i i know for most of us we don't really have 30k just sitting around to pay for that and that was a 90 dollar coverage that was on my policy um that obviously came in super handy so i think these are things that sometimes we forget we want to have the cheapest policy we're spending all this money on our homes we're forgoing the inspections take care of your insurance make sure you're properly protected um so when these things come up you've got coverage for it don't skimp on that stuff and I think what's happening also uh, on the inspections, the uh, I think the insurance companies are starting to require the inspections. Uh, I know State Farm required one of our inspections for our our condom, our townhome, mm-hmm. which I think is very good. So, Mr. Mead, so tell us a little bit what happens when you're doing the inspection and you find issues that are really like mold and uh, these situations. Where do we go from here? Just through experience, I try not to scare anybody. Because I understand that when they get to the home inspection process, by that time, they want that house. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to scare them. But on the flip side, I'm not a new inspector. And I know a little bit of mildew, a little bit of mold can be dealt with. So, yes, it could be in the house and it probably is. But is it a is it as big as an issue as it as it looks? On the same token, we're looking for aluminum wiring. Uh, cast iron piping, galvanized piping. What year is the aluminum wiring? Is that like 60s-ish or? Late 60s to late 70s. Okay. Yeah. And it can all be dealt with. It's Again, it's not as bad as, as some would make it out to be. Um, mold, aluminum wiring, cast iron piping. Cast iron piping underground is a little more difficult to deal with. But if you've got an older house with a crawl space, it can be dealt with pretty easy. Um, and it does rot and leaks don't just happen overnight. Right. They, they fester. and Oh, when and they pulled that pipe out from my, under my house, it was incredible. It was just split down the middle. It yes. was corroded. It was gross. Yeah. So everybody in my neighborhood, it's so funny. I've got this one go-to plumber that I use and I see his truck there every other week uh, at a new house in our neighborhood because those homes are just all starting to fail with the plumbing system. So. Yes, it's, it's not designed to last forever mm-hmm. it will fail mm-hmm. and you need to know that going into a home purchase um, you see hgtv and it'll it'll show you all the wonderful things that can be done for the low low price of but 
the reality is uh, things need to be maintained. Right. And it, it's it's homeownership is expensive. It's expensive. Do you can deal be. also with lead? Uh, you know, we ha- now we have to provide that. Uh, set, not, any home before 78, we have yes. to give an amendment for lead. Yes, uh, that is another Another letter word. Or, yes. What do, what, what do you find? You know, I've been doing this for 40 years, and it's really never been an issue. But as you as an inspector, how, how do you handle that? So lead-based paint is really not the demon that they want you to think it is, <clears throat> as with everything. Mm-hmm. It can be dealt with. The, the real way to deal with it is just to paint over it, encapsulate it. It's when you go cutting into walls and creating dust and particles that that release the lead and then not cleaning it up properly. Mm -hmm. Or you get infants that scratch on the walls and bite their fingernails, and that's where we get the problems. And then what about the pools? I know after the winter storm, so many people have had issues with pools. Um, Are you certified to inspect pools just to make sure that the plumbing looks okay and there's no issues with that? Okay. And I think that that's really important because is that an add-on for your services? It is. Okay. And a lot of people forego that, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh yeah, you know, the homeowner said it's fine. Well, pool is a money trap. I'm so sorry, but I've had a pool my entire adult life and I've had new pools and I have old pools and I throw money at that thing every month. They're expensive to upkeep and especially... You know, we don't have to winterize pools down here, but after the winter storm, I think people realize it's really good knowledge to know how to drain your system and to keep that intact so the things don't freeze and cause issues. Um, But I would definitely add that to any inspection because it's extremely important. Yeah. If it weren't for the home inspection, according to the sellers, everything would be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. One question I want to ask you on the um, when you when you're doing an inspection, you give the client the report. I've had a couple of issues where a client, after a year or two, they call and they say, we want to sue the the uh, inspector because there is a uh, shifting in our walls and he didn't tell us about it. Uh, and, you know, I find it crazy because some people want to get out of the house. Do you, you carry insurance for yes. that, right? We're required. To You're carry required. Insurance. And if they have an issue, they can call the state and report it report you for any issues that they're not happy with. Well, we hope yes. that they called the inspector first and said, hey, can we talk about that? But, <laughs> you know, it's it happens because it's ha- I'm in the business of trust me. So how do you handle when you have a situation that they are they are saying, you didn't tell us about this? How do you go back and, and, and protect yourself? Yeah, there is a protocol um, in the inspection report. It says, please give the inspector a call because we want to know about it before getting blindsided. But the consumer can call the Texas Real Estate Commission, file a complaint. And if it, it gets to me, what I like to do is go out to the property and look at it and review their inspection report and see what's really going on there. Because during my inspection, I can only speak for my own self. My, my repertoire is, is to follow a set way of doing things. And in doing the inspection, I'm going to touch on everything. I'm going to flood the drains, overload the electrical system, get on the roof and and look for all these signs that can tell a story. Usually when I get a complaint, I can trace it back to something that is not home inspection related. It's a storm, uh, excessive rain, things like that. Or my husband who wants to overload every outlet in the garage with all his man stuff yes and wants to know why it keeps tripping the breaker 
Yes, or, or something it's gonna that blow is... up our house because of all of his stuff. Yes. Yeah, like that. There, or mm-hmm. people not watering their foundation. I just have right now a a situation. Uh, a client called me. They, they bought the house two years ago and wanted to know my inspe- the inspector's information because he's got cracks all over his house. So uh, I'm going like, well, you know, you bought the house two years ago. You're watering and all that. He never told me to water it on the report. I called the inspector and said, I think you need to listen, but. This is some people think that you have to tell them everything. Yes. But two years, I mean, we're going through that right now, and he they want to sue the inspector because they have foundation problems. Do you know that I've seen lots of homes be watered that still have foundation issues? I mean, it's the nature of where we live in yes. DFW. I mean, it's sometimes just luck of the draw. It's you just know luck what I mean? of the draw, but they they got to find you somebody You should be to doing everything possible, though, to prevent as many issues as you can. I get that. But sometimes we're just, you just are unlucky. You know, you know, well, we're the show. Have you thought of having a, a, a classes with some of the real estate companies of bringing Courtney and talk about what you need to do on your policies? Because it's amazing. You know, and I'm sitting here. I'm thinking, how many times does a person know about adding uh, the leak coverage and all this? I, I have do, no idea. But you know, what's the problem, Alexandra? I mean, and I'm going to tell as the as a homeowner standpoint. OK, when you are buying the house. The last thing that you need to think is about insurance because that is just, I know how important it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Uh, but it's the same thing in your it's field. Like, it's, it's the same it's thing the same on my thing. field. People buy the house. Now they suddenly, instead of having a $200,000 mortgage, they have a 400000 They never update their will. They never update their trust. They never uh, update their life insurance. And they don't want to think about it because they, they just want to move. And they... And we talked about that a few all years the, ago, a yes. few weeks ago, and all the time. People are buying these expensive houses, and they are just checking the mortgage, and then insurance go up, they go crazy, and then they need to add an endorsement, and they don't have the money. So stop being house poor, people. Live, you know, with the money that you have, and don't try to go crazy. Right. Well, it's been an amazing evening, and we're coming down to our closing of the show here real soon. So I'd like to have Mr. Mr. Meet Spicer give us a little bit of a how how he wraps up his uh, inspection and what he does with the he sits with the buyer and with the buyer and or anything you'd like anything to share that you to share with us yeah. before we close for the night. Good question. I always like to have buyer feedback and to tell them exactly what's going on. Um, my point of view is everything can be dealt with. It's just who's going to pay for it, and usually it's not as big a deal as as um, it looks on paper. So I like to do an explanation. There's only a certain amount of words we can put on paper, and it usually looks worse than what it really is. So that's why I encourage buyers to always call their inspector, talk to them. Not everybody can be there for the inspection, but it is very important to really talk to the inspector. All home inspectors will talk to you. It's not a not a um, secret. And I think to be realistic, right? I mean... Like we've said in the beginning, there's no really perfect home. Like, there isn't. There's, you know, when you look at the inspection, sometimes there's a couple pages worth of stuff and you start reading each line and it could be like the light didn't turn on. Well, maybe just the light bulb needs to be replaced. I mean, there's just you have to document everything. And I think people get so worried about seeing all of that. But that's just how it is. And don't be nitpicky about stuff like that. It, it don't can, do that. <laughs> it can look overwhelming. But when you really 
digest the mm-hmm. information, it's usually not as bad right. as, as it looks. And but you know when you're a buyer, sometimes they panic. Right. They mm-hmm. walk away from they walk away from the mm-hmm. deal. And I've had that happen several times. I, and I you find to sit down with them and they won't listen. Mm-hmm. And that's where that. the the presentation of the information comes through. I think that's the in, the importance of having an experienced inspector. Very good. Well, one more time. Core inspections. What's your phone number to be reached at? 214-636-2457. And your website? Coreinspections.com. We will go ahead and share his information on our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. What else you got? We're going to wrap it on up. We're going to wrap it up. Next week, we're going to have an amazing young guest who just opened her spa. Her name is um, Kayla Armstrong. And we're going to talk about the health and wealth of your face and your beauty and how you, it was so important to go to a spa and get a little scrub. And just all wonderful things for the summer. Yeah, Excellent. and I'll be back with more words for my dictionary. Whoa. <laughs> well, we thank you, you so much for week. listening to Alexander Friends 660 The Answer. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. If you're looking to invest money on advertising, give us a call. Alexander and Fincher at 972-342-2932. And we can talk about how you can spend your money with us. Have a good evening. Thank you so much for listening to our show and have a wonderful weekend. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, Alexandra and Friends 660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.